This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Bonus Content. Church is canceled. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, New King James Version. guys happy sabbath welcome back to the psalms to god podcast this is your host re um i know it's shocking that i'm doing an episode on the sabbath i usually don't record on the sabbath even though i'm always talking about god and it's not like i'm breaking the sabbath i don't know i just usually have other things going on during the sabbath so i'm not recording on the sabbath and i'm definitely not releasing on the sabbath because it takes a lot to you know get the episode together but this is a special occasion of something that was on my heart and I felt like it should go out as soon as possible. So here I am recording this episode. Um, There is an absolute panic in our world right now. There is a mass hysteria. Um, I don't know if I should call it hysteria. Hysteria kind of um, implies that it's unwarranted and I'm not really sure if I wanna go that far as to say it's unwarranted, but there is definitely a panic. There is anxiety, there's fear. There's chaos, there's mayhem. And we're seeing things that we have never seen before. I don't think I am exaggerating when I say it's literally like being in a movie. The coronavirus has gotten people extremely fearful. People are self-quarantining. Things that I never thought I would see are happening. The NBA canceled like its games and stuff. Like, what? Like, we're literally seeing people say you know you know what that's okay i don't really need any more money we just gonna cancel the season the ncaa canceled march madness like you know how much money this is and we live in a country that is that runs on greed like if you watch things like dirty money on netflix if you watch the devil we know on netflix you will literally see how corporations let greed blindside them from destroying our planet they didn't care that they were dumping plastic in the water that they were dumping carcinogens in the water and that people are dying slow deaths because of the products they create because they're making money and it's helping their their revenues people literally don't care they're they're just polluting the planet they're they don't care what the ramifications are there are politicians that are doing this like you know not to be just endorsing TV shows, but like literally these documentaries are great to see how much greed and corruption exists in our country and how much people really don't care about humanity. So 
when all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's this virus and people are actually canceling these very, very lucrative events, it's shocking, right? It's like, oh, wait, like what is happening? This is serious. This is something I need to pay attention to. When people who are usually driven by the bottom dollar are like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. You can keep that billion dollars. I'm afraid to get the coronavirus. We're going to shut all this down. That says volumes. It says volumes. And it's no wonder that after things like this happen, the entire world is panicking because we're fo- we're following the top people. They're panicking. We're panicking. Everyone's, you know, freaking out. Um, my friends who are professors, they've been told to teach their classes online. Like spring breaks have been extended. Um, I talked to my uncle who also works at a university and he told me that their students are being told to evacuate the dorms. And I was like, wait, but what happens if they have nowhere to go? Like for instance, you have some students who are international students and they can't go home. Like what if I'm actually from Italy and I'm in the US to study I don't want to go back to Italy. You kicked me out of the dorms. What, what am I supposed to do? Now, what do I go out and try to get a job so I can have money to pay for a hotel room? How long am I going to be in the hotel? Do I have to go get an apartment? Like, what do you do? What about kids who may not have any other, where, any other place to stay? Like, for instance, um, I have a, a friend who, when she went to college, well, I mean, it's still true now, but when she left to go to college, um, her guardians died she was living with her grandparents her grandmother died and like a month later her grandfather died and so there was literally no home for her to come back to she lived on campus that was her her home like where else would she go where where do you go and so I was just like oh my goodness that's insane like are they making provisions for the students who have nowhere to go if they get kicked out of the dorm it just seems like super it, it, it just seemed really crazy um, just hearing that out of the blue, the school is just like, yep, everybody get off campus. Um, and I, I mean, I understand why. I mean, obviously the dorms are a hotbed for diseases to spread, but you know, there are other things to think about too. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's abrupt. That's, you know, that's crazy. Um, even at my own job, we've been advised to work from home and you know, they canceled a lot of our events last week that I thought were, you know, I don't want to say they were really important. I was just disappointed um, because I had been looking forward to them. Our, our, my company usually has a picnic in the spring and they canceled our picnic. Um, they canceled our International Women's Day celebration, or at least we were supposed to have like a panel of people talking and we we're supposed to, you know, do some things like that. They canceled that. And, I, you know, I was just like really disappointed because, you know, it, it was something I was looking forward to. But again, you know, you're like, okay, I understand like people are saying don't have large gatherings, blah, blah, blah. But it's unprecedented. We've never seen people just start canceling things like this. And so it it does put a sense of urgency in you, a sense of fear. And and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you go into the stores right now and every store looks like people are preparing for this category five hurricane except instead of the water aisle being decimated, it's the bleach aisle. People are buying all the bleach. And apparently the toilet paper, I don't know what y'all combating with the toilet paper, but people are just out here doing the absolute most. 
and amongst the world doing exactly the same thing the world is doing is the church and that's what i want to talk about because i feel a way about the church following the world it all started when i think south korea's epidemics pandemic i'm really not sure which word goes there i'm sorry guys i need a dictionary to know the difference between them but when the outbreak happened in south korea it was heavily blamed on a church and i'm saying that in quotation marks um because the reports about this church is that it's actually a cult it's not a bible believing um you know full of the holy spirit part of the body of christ church with a capital c and that's one of the things that we've been talking about this season and that i plan to continue talking about this season about the fact that people can call themselves a christian people can call themselves whatever they want to they can say that they follow god this arbitrary idea of god um but if they're not actually surrendered to the holy spirit and following the god of the bible and following the word of god they're not part of the church with a capital C because they're not part of the body of Christ. And that means they're out here doing something else. You're either with God or you're not. And, you know, it's interesting because we see it happen there. And then people are just like, yeah, the church is a hotbed. And all of these churches here are concerned about their churches. And I've been seeing notices of churches canceling their services. And I've been talking about it all week with my dad um, about my feelings about it. And momentarily on friday i was really proud of the building that i attend the congregation that i fellowship with and um they were saying that they were going to continue services as scheduled and they were putting out you know some information about the virus information about how to keep yourself safe you know just like provisions like okay we're gonna have service but if you're elderly you know please don't attend if you have been sick or are sick please don't attend if you know that you have these underlying conditions um, which the coronavirus affects people more heavily if they have underlying conditions. You know, they were saying, please don't attend. You can watch online. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they just put out things about, you know, like when you come, you know, let's, let's not be hugging each other and, and shaking each other's hands and things like that as you would normally do. Just, you know, kind of keep your distance, et cetera, et cetera. Let's minimize the time we're there. Don't come to church and stay all day because we have two services. You know, just come to one service, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading this and, you know, there were some things within it that I was like, okay, y'all, y'all, yeah, uh, I probably wouldn't have worded it that way, but it, in, at the bottom line, I was at least pleasantly, um, moved that the service would continue, but, you know, I went to Bible study and at the end of Bible study, um, the people who sing for, for service were leaving and we were offering them some of our food and they stopped to talk to us and they told us that, you know, a complete 180 had happened and they were actually going to cancel service after all. They were just going to go through the motions essentially, um, <clears throat> and film the service without anybody there and broadcast it online. And so we weren't supposed to come. And shortly after that, the church sent out another broadcast saying that service had, in fact, been canceled. And I was extremely upset. And it's, it's really shocking 
to me that I was so upset because one, I wasn't planning to go to the service tomorrow anyway. It had nothing to do with the coronavirus. I just wasn't planning to go to the service because two, I don't actually think that this formal service that people have ingrained in their mind really is biblical or has anything to do with worshiping God or keeping the Sabbath holy. So it shocked me that I was like, why am I so upset? Why am I bothered that they're canceling a service I didn't intend to attend in the first place? Um, but as I you know, drove home, as I tried to go to sleep, as I prayed, um, God started revealing to me what was going on in my heart and why I was upset about it. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I think there's something to be said and something to get out of the situation for all of us. Um, and now that I can articulate why I'm upset, um, I'm hoping that you know you guys will understand or maybe you guys recognize this in yourselves. Um, you feel exactly the same way or maybe it's something to just spark your own thoughts about your own feelings towards this or why you would side with those who are canceling the services. Um, so first of all, the Bible tells us not to forsake assembling together. That is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. I read them at the very beginning of the episode. Um, the whole point of church, it's not the service, like I said. It is the fellowshipping of believers. It is us coming together to worship God. It is us coming together to do life together, to support each other, to build each other up, and to do good. And at a time like this, this is when we need each other more than ever. Um, there are verses in Acts. It starts um, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It goes through like 40, verse 47 or so. It talks about how these people come together daily. We're not even talking about just on the Sabbath. They're coming together daily to um, break bread, to share the word of, the, of, of God, and to um, learn about God. And it talks about how they are rewarded by believers being added to their number daily. They're sharing the gospel, they're growing in the gospel, and they're spreading the gospel. And so, um, you know, I know some people, they're like, yeah, but they weren't faced with a, you know, a, a, a deadly disease or, or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, this is the time, a time of panic is when people go searching for God. When we have everything under control, when the economy is stable and we got money in the bank and we are at our tip top health and everything is going exactly the way we want it to, a lot of people are not thinking about God. They're not looking for God. They're not um, concerned about God. They are just doing their own thing. They're, they're perfectly fine. They don't need him because they got it under control. Um, it is when the rug is pulled out from under you and you hit rock bottom that you're like, oh wait, I need to go find God. And as I have mentioned, it's literally like being in a movie. Like it's like a post-apocalyptic movie or a pre-apocalyptic movie um, where we're seeing things that you would never predict to happen, things that you've never seen done. Um, people are afraid, there is chaos. And it's literally the definition of being unstable and 
um, hitting rock bottom. Now more than ever, I guarantee you there are people who are seeing this that may have been raised in the church and left, may have been raised with some sort of faith and left. People who've heard rumors of faith and just never latched onto it that are like, guys, this sounds like some end of the world type stuff. It sounds like the plagues. This is scary. What is happening? I need to get my life together. I need to get right with God. I need to go out and, um, you know, talk to him. I, I need to start attending church. I, I need to, to work on myself. And these people all week as the NBA was canceling their games, as the World Series was being postponed, as um, concerts and festivals were being canceled, as their job was telling them to go home, as the schools were shutting down, these people were like, I need to go find God right now, right now. And this weekend, now that they have nothing to do because there's no games, there's no concert, there is no, um, you know, work events, there's nothing happening this weekend because everything is canceled. They're like, all right, let me go to church to find God. Or I finally have a weekend where I can go to church because, you know, my kids stuff is canceled and this is canceled and I don't have nowhere else to be. My flight was canceled, whatever. And so now they have the opportunity to go fellowship with believers, to to hear the word of God, to partake in um, this act of fellowshipping and to see other people, maybe to get some stability because that's also what fellowshipping together is supposed to be about strengthening each other. Um, because seeing other people going through the same thing as you, um, helps you to minimize panic and fear. But when they show up to these buildings, these buildings will be empty and there will be no one there to introduce them to God. There will be no one there to shine a light for them and to share the gospel because those people are the same kind of scared as the people in the world. And that is not what I think God had intended. Um, there are plenty of verses in the Bible that tell us that we are not to be like the world. Be not conformed to the world. That's in Romans. Um, don't worry, guys. I'm going to put all the verses that I've been thinking and mulling over in the description of this episode and in the show notes so that you can read them for yourselves. But there are plenty of verses that tell us that we're supposed to be set apart. We're not supposed to be doing what the world does because we are not the world. We are God's people. We are part of God's kingdom and God has us covered. Um, and so it, you know, it saddens me that we are just as fearful as the people around us, as though we don't have a God who can protect us. And, you know, it, it's interesting because that was sort of what the Bible study lesson was about last night. Um, we read a like an excerpt um, or a study that was written by a gentleman who basically quit his job as a doctor or a physician um, to be a pastor. And shortly after he did it, you know, everything went wrong. And he felt like, oh, I, you know, I did what God asked me to. Why is this happening to me? And as he discusses his issues and what happened, um, he gets to a point where he says that he had been out preaching things that he didn't actually believe he found that you know like he was saying it and it sounded good but he didn't actually believe that which he preached and 
that is a plague within our church. Um, I believe that a lot of us say things that we don't actually believe because when push comes to shove, we look just like the world. We're scared just like the world. We don't necessarily believe that God will protect us through this. And as I was thinking about it, you know, I mentioned, I feel like a lot of people who um, have been watching this would relate this to, you know, end of the world plagues and, um, you know, the exodus plagues and things like that. But it's interesting because in both of those scenarios, God's people are covered. When God brought the plagues onto Egypt, I think it was like the first couple like that also affected the Israelites. Like, for instance, he turned the water into blood. Um, That was the water. So, you know, everybody looking at it saw that it was turned to blood, whether they were the Israelites or whether they were the Egypts, uh, the Egypts, the Egyptians. Um, But at the end of it, as as the plagues got more and more severe, when they started issuing the boils and um, the the, the diseases and, and things like that, even obviously the death of the firstborns, these things skipped over Israel because Israel was in accordance with God. They were his people, his chosen people. And the same thing is true for us. If you look in Revelation, um, it talks about God sealing his people. And I think the same things are true that, you know, you will be in the midst of the chaos, but God will have you covered. God will have you protected. And so it's interesting that we as believers are proclaiming this. We're proclaiming that God has us, that God has our back, that God can do anything, that, um, you know, that we are sealed and we are covered by the blood and all of these things. And as soon as something happens, we're like, bro, we, we can't meet. We got to cancel the church. We might get it. Um, I'm just going to stay in my house. Right. And we're saying exactly the same things as the world. What does that say about us? What does that say about our faith? And, you know, it, it definitely, um, it hit me in a different way um, because I just feel like, I feel like we're being hypocritical and I feel like we're not carrying out the duty that God has called us to. Um, one of the things that I thought as they were saying that, um, the, the congregation that I attend, their denomination <clears throat> I'm going to get into denominations this season, guys, because I, I have a bone to pick with denominations as a whole. But their denomination um, prides itself on prophecy and understanding prophecy and studying prophecy. And um, there is a, you know, a widespread belief um, in that church. There's supposed to be an emphasis on this, the second coming of Christ and talking about, you know, standing for Christ staying true to Christ and you know they're always quoting those who keep the commandments of God and and the love of Jesus etc etc and you know they believe that they are the remnant church that that they're gonna do that but you know I'm sorry I don't think they will I don't think if you're afraid to go to to congregate together and to proclaim the word of God when you have a virus that is, you know, yes, it's unpredictable and yes, it's spreading. And I'm not saying that the virus is a joke, but when you look at the statistics, it's more heavily hitting people who are older, um, people with underlying conditions. I think it's something like 3% 
of the people who have contracted the virus are actually dying. Um, a large portion of the people um, are fine, just like the flu. People die from the flu, guys. Um, <clears throat> when you look at those statistics, they're not overwhelmingly bad. If you look at the actual statistics and not just the, the mass hysteria that the media is creating um, around it, they're not that bleak. But if you think back to the Bible and things we saw in the Bible, for instance, when um, the Israelites were in Babylon and you had um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were their Babylonian names. I'll use those just because most people are more familiar with their those names. Um, <clears throat> when they were faced with bowing down to the statue, they were like, no, I'm not bowing down to the statue. They knew it was wrong. They were not going to serve some other God. But there was a 100% absolute chance that Nebuchadnezzar was going to follow his promise and say, I'm going to kill you. That was the punishment. It wasn't, oh, maybe, you know, like 3% of the people who didn't bow to the statue faced death and 97% were just, you know, tortured or thrown in jail. Um, it was literally like he said, the penalty for not bowing to the statue is death. And so when they didn't bow, he was like, no, I don't think you understood. If you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to give you a second chance. Bow down to the statue. And they were like, no, we're not bowing down to the statue. And they didn't do it. And he did throw them in the fiery furnace and God saved them. And so I'm like, if we can't show up and spread the word in the midst of the coronavirus, which, you know, has definitely better odds in terms of what will happen to us statistically than you know, in time, mark of the beast, if you're doing the word of God, the beast is going to have you killed. How do you think you're going to stand up at that time? Are you really, when, when the government tells us you can't, if the government comes up and says you can't worship God, or if, you know, the penalty is going to be that you will die, that people will kill you for standing for your faith, are you going to stand up? Because you are already afraid of death. You are afraid of death. Why are you afraid of death when Christ died for us and said that our death here is a temporary death? There is a verse in the Bible that says, he who seeks to, to he who loses his life for Christ will find it. And he who finds it here will lose it. I repeat that verse to myself all the time when I am afraid or when I'm worried about what's going to happen um, based on doing what I think God has called me to do. Because the truth of the matter is, yeah, I may die here, but I would rather die here at 31 and wake up in the kingdom of heaven when all things are said and done than to be like, no, nah, I can't help you. I'm not going to show up and spread the word because I might die. And then I'm going to die anyway at some point. And that time it's going to be a final death because I'm not going to get to reap the kingdom of heaven in the afterlife. And that's something I think we should all be thinking about. We should all be mindful of <clears throat> when we think about what we're doing and how we're going about, you know, our relationship with God. Um, you know, so I just want to pray that for those of you who are out there searching 
for God and could not find a place um, that was proclaiming his message today. Um, or even to those of you guys who are, you know, keeping Sunday, even though that's not the Sabbath. Um, I just pray that somebody in your life can be that light, that somebody can share it with you. That, And for those of you guys who attend these churches that have decided to close the doors, um, you know, reach out to people that you know are struggling with their belief. Talk to them. Spread the gospel anyway. This is not a time to clam up and to hide out in our houses and to pull the curtains and to be afraid. Okay, God has not given us the spirit of fear. This is the time for us to double down and stand for God and to be strong and to be um, believers and to do what God has called us to do. So I'm praying that you guys are safe and healthy. I am praying that you will go out and spread the word and that I will do the same. Um, and I'm praying for those who are afraid, um, that the spirit of God will come to them and give them a sense of peace and help them to fulfill the mission. So, um, with that being said, happy Sabbath. I hope you guys have a great week and that you don't let this chaos get to you. See you next week.